I'm excited as hell to be a Dallas Cowboy. Who was the toughest guy to tackle? Ezekiel Elliott. Feed Elliott. What's up, Cowboy Nation? Let's get it! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Back Row Cowboy Show, a proud part of the Back Row Sports Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Back Row Cowboy Show. I'm your host, Adam, and across from me, as always, my co-host, Seth. What's up, guys? And on today's episode, we'll be reviewing our Week 6 matchup against the Arizona Cardinals and getting you ready for our Week 7 matchup, another divisional game against the Washington football team. Uh, Seth, start off with like we normally do, news and notes. Well, we have plenty of injury news like we do every week. Um... I wish we could go a game without having a injury. But it doesn't seem to be in the cards this year. So, let's start off with the night injury, which was end up being a knee scope, and he's looking to miss a couple weeks. So, luckily for us, we do have some reinforcements coming. Cameron Irvin is due back this week. Uh, thank God for that, because if he doesn't come back, I don't know where we go exactly. Might have been calling you up. Uh, maybe you up. Who knows? I mean, God. I, I was not expecting this to be this bad. Like, I've people get injuries to one or two of their offensive linemen a year, but not your whole – we have one starting lineman left, and he was considered to be our worst starting lineup, our worst starting lineman. At yeah. all of them. Well, so. I mean, it, but it's not just us. I mean, now, granted, we've been hit harder than most teams, especially along the offensive line, but Philadelphia Eagles have been hit extremely hard, too. I mean, maybe it's just an NFC East thing. I, I don't know. But it's um, – it. We've, we were so optimistic about the offensive line all offseason. And like you said, Williams is arguably our weakest – he was the weak link in that chain, especially when Travis Frederick was there, you know, at center – You've got four Pro Bowl All-Pro talents and Williams when you go Smith, Williams, Frederick, uh, Martin, and then uh, Collins, left to right. And it's just every week. And the offensive line hasn't even been great. So if if you're bringing in backups to replace these starters, I mean, the, the starters haven't even been great. So what, is, what does that say about your depth on the offensive line? And it's – and maybe maybe we need to call uh, Travis Frederick. Like, hey, can you come back one more year? Well, you know, I think I think that still was such a shock to the team because yeah. he played really good football last year, even coming back from the injury. I mean, but he said, you know, he didn't feel like he was playing at the level 
that he was expecting of himself. But, I mean, you know, reinforcements aren't coming. Yeah. You know, I mean, this Tyrone Smith thing, you know, you don't know how long it's going to last, but it's – we've talked about it. It's, it's a reoccurring thing, and you just have to worry – you know when's it going to be it? But but back on topic uh, with night, this is something I, I didn't really see coming. You know, this is something you and I we were talking about the show uh, earlier today, and and then the news report came out that night had arthroscopic had an arthroscopic knee scope last night and is expected to miss a couple weeks. And I descended to you, and and you know we were blown away by this, yeah, and, and I had we're. No idea. We're we're just lucky enough that Cameron Irving did practice today, and so we at least are going to have a, a veteran most likely stepping in and playing that left tackle position, because I mean it's getting, it's you know, getting it's really getting, really thin. Yeah, it's getting extremely dicey, and I mean we're still probably going to have to go out and look for more reinforcements on, on the bench, and and with that, you know, Seth, go and lead us into our second injury that we get to talk about. Yeah, our next injury is. Our best offensive lineman was Zach Martin. Luckily, this is not too serious. Now, it is a concussion, but this is not considered any kind of season-ending injury or it might be multiple weeks at best, but probably just one. But we don't know that for sure. So that's still kind of up in the air. So, Well, uh, he didn't he didn't practice today. Yeah, he uh, was knocked out, what, in the first quarter? Like, I think our second drive, maybe? Something like that? I don't know that. I'm not going to say that for sure. But it was very early in the game. And, I mean, what more can we say? It's another big-time offensive lineman that went down and Connor McGovern come in and had had to step his game up and... I, they even said in the game that M- McCarthy and and Moore had been talking about the offensive tackles, you know, Smith and Collins not being there. So their plan was is with Williams and Biotish and Martin still being there and th- them still having real faith in the middle of our line. We're just going to run it up the middle more. You know, we're we're going to run up the middle. We're going to utilize play action. We're just we're going to attack the middle of the field. That's where the strength of our offensive line is. And then almost immediately after they said that, Zach Martin's on the ground. Yeah, it's and it's unfortunate, man. I don't. And you're asking really young players to come off the bench and step in and and expecting a lot from them because you can't change your offensive game plan based off your offensive line. Now, there are coordinators that will change their game plan based off personnel. If their wide receivers are a little bit weaker this year, okay, you know, we'll be more of a run-based team or vice versa when it's strengthened wide receivers, weakness, and running backs. But when it's every two to three quarters, you're having to bring in a new offensive lineman, you you still, especially our team, you want to establish the run. You want to get Zeke going. You want to set up play action. And, you know, I understand these are excuses, and this is a no-excuse league, but you're just backing yourself into a corner to where it's just it's hard to be successful. I mean, 
look, Philly's offense hasn't looked great. I mean, Carson Wentz has kept them in a lot of games and brought them back from some big deficits. But, I mean, the running game hasn't been great. Now, Miles Sanders busted a couple against Baltimore uh, last week. But, you know, their running game hasn't looked anything special. I mean, Carson Wentz has been running for his life. I mean, he's being pressured. I saw something today on on 47% of dropbacks. It's considered like a pressure. So, I mean, if they throw 40 times a game, which they've been because they're behind, he's getting pressured 20 times a game. It's 320 over a 16-game season. I mean, that is ridiculous numbers. And with our offensive line being hit that hard, I mean, we're going to be right there with him. I mean, yeah. Andy Dalton was Andy Dalton didn't have a clean pocket last night or the, Monday night. The blow would be a lot less if Dak was still around because – you can't key on Zeke, and that's what that's what Arizona did from the jump street. They made Dalton try to beat him, and it obviously didn't work. Uh, the turnovers was a big part of it too, but still, uh, getting back on subject, um, I don't know where else we go. Like it's just you already got two kind of no name players on your line starting out. Now you're going to add even more. Like I mean, this is if if Martin can't play, this is our line for Sunday. It's Irvin, Williams, Biotish, McGovern, Steele. Okay. You know, I wasn't expecting Biotish to be our best offensive lineman this quick. Yeah. <laughs> like I, this I, was not planned. <laughs> Williams has looked better, but he I just don't think he fits that guard mold to stop the power rush. I mean, power guys, man, are, are still giving him problems and it's not getting any better. Yeah, he I, definitely I just, looks better when when Ty, uh, Tyron Smith and uh, Looney is beside him. Or even when Travis Frederick was beside him. He definitely looks better. Yeah, for sure, because but, one of them is going to be able to handle their guy one-on-one yeah. and the other one's going to be able to set up the double team. You know, unless the team's bringing pressure. But even if the team's bringing pressure, you've still got Knight there. I'm sorry, you still have um, Smith there, and then you still have Joe Looney or, you know, Travis Frederick would have been in the past. And Zeke is probably going to – the way he's probably going to read the blitz is is coming up the middle. I mean, that's where teams were attacking us. They were attacking at Connor Williams. Yeah, and there was a lot of – there was a lot of against – Arizona guy just coming free up the middle. And that's part of where Zach Martin went out. Like there were a lot of guys free coming off the edge. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we talked about before the game with them missing Chandler Jones that that was most of their pass rush. Hassan Reddick looked like Chandler Jones. Man, I wanted that dude, too, a couple of years ago when he came out. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's it, – when Martin went down, it, it was already a bad situation from the get-go. But then when Martin went down, it was just like, ooh. You know, it's just, I mean, I guess to to wrap this up, you hope if you lose Martin, it, it's for one game. And, you know, we've messaged about this two, three times a game. Like, I'll text you and I'll just say, why are we still trying to set up long passing plays? Like, why are we still five-step dropping? Why are we still trying to seven-step drop with with Dak or with Dalton? That line is not going to give you the time. Get it out of there, quick. And and teams know that. I mean, they were talking about Vance Joseph the whole night, Monday night. They they said, oh, he's going to keep bringing the heat. He's going to keep turning up the pressure. 
when opposing defenses see that game tape, when Ron Rivera sees it, now Ron Rivera's an extremely aggressive coach. You talk about this week's game. Do you really think that he's going to play conservative and drop, you know, seven in coverage based off the game tape that he just watched on Monday? Man, Chase Young, um, Montez Sweat, uh, I can't remember if Matt Ionetta they're salivating is, right now. I, I mean, their, their defensive line is is premier. I mean, that's one of the better things about their defense. It's probably the top-notch thing about their defense, and we'll get into that later. And those guys are pinning their ears back, and they're Man, sitting they're there. Ready. They're going to be they are going to be racing. They're going to be racing each other to the quarterback this week. Uh, let's jump into our next piece of news, and this one is uh, a positive. Yes, this is a little bit of positive news, and some reinforcements coming to the defense. Randy Gregory is due back Sunday night or Sunday against Washington. Um, that's uh, an. I was hoping that he wasn't going to be that much of a needed boost. I was thinking, me and you both were thinking that our uh, our ends and our pressure was going to be on point, and it hasn't this year. I think it's looked better the last couple of weeks. I think it's looked better the last couple of weeks, but it's still been inconsistent. So uh, I'm hoping Randy Gregory comes out there and, and does – Something. I, I can see <laughs> your face right now, and you look like you're really rooting for him to have success. I know Randy Gregory's one of your guys, but you know, anything to help this defense. We every single week we sit here and we talk about, you know, secondary is a little bit weak. You got guys hurt. You got guys inexperienced. And and one thing that you always mention is the defensive line needs to help secondary. So as many functioning productive parts as we can put on that defensive line, that's positive. Randy Gregory is is the body type of an Alden Smith. Now, Alden Smith has had some success in his defense. He's been the one player that they've stood up on the end that's actually looked good doing it because that that's that's his game. He's, yeah. he's more of a three, four outside linebacker. And, and Randy Gregory functions with that same ability. You know, Everson Griffin hasn't looked good. I, I've been – extremely extremely disappointed about that you know I, mean, I mean he's almost been like he played absent on the field he like, was basically absent from the field this week like you know alden smith got to start i saw 97 on the field a few snaps but i didn't see any impact he just looked like an average guy demarcus lawrence has looked a lot better they've started moving him around i've seen him line up at right end i've seen him line up at left end that he's looked better, which is good because I mean he's he is the best player on our defensive line, and he's our best chance to get pressure on the quarterback, even with Alden Smith because I think he's still going to garner the most respect. His power is going to command a double team. Yeah, if you can start getting him more attention, that frees up an Alden Smith, that frees up a Randy Gregory, and that's what we're going to need. So it, hopefully he can keep this momentum going, and Mike Nolan has still shown that he wants to sprinkle those plays in where he stands his ends up. He's not doing it as much as he used to. I think Randy Gregory is another player that you can do it with, and you can move Lawrence inside and hopefully move Griffin inside and use them to rush the passer and have you know Gregory and Smith standing up on the outside. Yeah, he's got to do something because – 
what he's got going on. And just like you said, he's still standing guys up. And he doesn't do it as often, but uh, it's a known fact. Like, they play better in the dirt. So why would you continue to sprinkle that in if you know what, good and well that that's their weak point? Well, I mean, that, that's something we're going to get into when we do our Cardinals review, uh, you know, when we start talking about I mean, but but you're right. I mean, it's the same stuff every week, and, and it just seems like he's just trying to knock, you know, square pegs into round holes, and it, it's just not working. At some point, you, you've got to adapt as a coach and just say, man, what, what I'm putting out is not working, and I need to fix it. And, Seth, with this – Let's go and segue right into kind of our last piece of news. And this one, man, this one's big. I mean, yeah. this is some stuff that you don't want out in the media because it, it, it winning covers up a lot of things. Yeah. You know, everyone talked about turmoil with Brady and Belichick. That's kind of been a tension thing the last couple of weeks. I'm sorry, last few years. And it's happened in other places too. But that's only you only heard that in the off season. Once the season started, they was winning. Exactly. Gone. When you're going to Super Bowls, when you're going to playoffs, when you're winning division titles, it shuts a lot of that noise up. But I'm going to tell you what: that noise rings loudest when your team is is where we're at. Yeah. So let, let's go ahead and you you talk about it, and then then we'll have some discussion back and forth. Well, there have been reports of unknown or unnamed players calling out the coaching staff saying that they are un- unprepared every week and they're not doing a very good job at teaching uh how to read certain you know certain things and that's something that's <clears throat> that's a big deal if you've got this kind of chatter coming out already and that's that's not good being six weeks into the season um from from my standpoint, and everybody else is probably going to say the same thing, that they're probably talking about the defensive side of the ball because that's been a struggle since week one. Uh, the offense, to me, I don't feel like the offense is – I feel like they've always had a pretty good uh, preparation every week. The problem is we get behind every week because of turnovers, and it's not because it's – uh, a lot of interceptions or anything, you know, like that at all. It's it's fumbles. Like, those are things that cannot be controlled by the coaching staff at all. I mean, even the interceptions can't be either. But, you know, somebody can throw a, a ball and, you know, not be the smartest player in the world and get an interception. But fumbles, like, those, those hurt. Like, well, I mean, it, all turnovers hurt. I mean, this is something that I'm going to definitely harp on turnovers quite a bit when we get into the uh, Cardinals review. But it's the same stuff every week w- with the defense and even with the offense to some extent. Uh, the inability to run the ball, the fact that there's a lot of pressure on our quarterback and we're not putting our quarterback in, in situations to be successful. I mean, I understand – there's only so much you can do with offensive line injuries, but guess what? You got to play the hand you're dealt. Yep. You know, if if you're dealt one starter and and four reserves, man, you either punt the season and give up, or you go out and you try to battle with with what you got. Oh, and yeah, it. it's, man, I guess you and I talked about this. Uh, 
I guess we were wrong, uh, or were we wrong on our evaluation of Mike Nolan? You know, I mean, the, I've seen a lot on social media where, where people are like, man, we want Chris Richard back. We, we want Wade Phillips back. We want Rod Marinelli back. Did we have it pretty good? And just because it wasn't elite, you know, well, was was the fact that we were getting consistent defensive line or the fact that we were getting consistent defensive play without the big turnovers, you know, were we spoiled with that? And and we just wanted something different and we didn't care who it was? I think that's or part of it. Or did we have way too much faith in Mike Nolan and what he was putting on the field when he had Pro Bowl players in San Francisco? Well, from what I've read and what I've seen, uh, the last defense that he coached gave up the most points in the season. He's on his way to do that. He's on that on pace to break the all-time record right now. So I think that me and you – well, I'll just say me. I'm not going to speak for you, but me definitely. I was just 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 so ready for some change that I didn't really care. I don't know that I really cared who they got in there as long as there was some change, and it's been a change for the worse defensively. Offensively, we've had our struggles. I still I still believe in McCarthy. I'm not giving up on McCarthy. Hell, we we dealt with Jason Garrett for ten years. I'm not giving up on McCarthy six weeks into the season. Uh, but the defense has has put up points. I mean, the offense has put up points. So they've done their job. Other than the turnovers, the turnover issue is something that's got to be taken care of. Zeke's been fumbling the ball way too much, which. Not something that he normally does, but defensively, it's been the same thing every week. Like, there's literally been not much change, not enough noticeable change. All right, that's your piece. Here's my piece, and and my piece is actually, ironically, in the form of a question towards you. You know, Dak's hurt. Now, granted, he was at at the facility. I'm going to add this piece of news in. Uh, Seth put it up on the page. It's It's been all over social media as well. Dak's window for infection, he's mo- he's past that window for the most part. I mean, now granted, anything can make a change, but but the serious window for that infection to bounce back. And, and, and what kept – this is when Alex Smith had to keep having surgery. I mean, he had, you know, a bunch of these surgeries, man, just back to back to back to – you know, battle the infection. Dak's window for infection is mostly gone. I mean, so that's that's the best news that we're going to bring to you this week. Even ten times more exciting than Randy Gregory being back on the field 100. is the fact that Dak is past that window, and now it looks like he just has to rehab. You know, it, now he, he's still not come back this year, but this gives uh, this has to give you fantastic hope. For next year, well, he's uh he's been taking his test daily too. He when he can, he's coming back to the sidelines. He's going to be there every week. So. And that's a leader right there. And and this that this is my my pivot is you know talking about Dak and um, the fact that it's great news for twenty twenty one. Do you think that this report gets out 
if Dak's still around because Dak is the clear leader in the locker room. So I'm, I'm going to run on a little bit of a tangent here, and then I'll let you fill in and, and kind of give your thoughts on this because I, I thought about this for a while after listening to this report. If Dak's around, does that report get out? And two, you saw the game. After that inter- after the interception, Kenyon Drake on the immediate next play, he didn't this wasn't one of the ones that he busted for, for touchdown, but he busted like a 25, 30 yard run. And the defense looked like they had they looked like they didn't have a ton of motivation in them. And of course the offense was struggling and we, and we struggled the whole game on offense. We've struggled every single game this year. How many of our games have looked pretty? Absolutely zero. None. But how many quarters? Not many. But anyway. but we've stayed in games, and even when we've fallen way behind, man, Dak, Zeke, the wide receivers, and, and even players on defense, we we would start making plays on defense. Man, we would pick ourselves up and fight back. I mean, we we've the one thing you can say for this team in the first few weeks of the season. Regardless of all the negatives, man, the turnovers and the injuries and the big plays on defense, or big plays given up on defense, is the fact that we've been very, very resilient. This week, man, we looked looked like we had no fight. We looked like we were knocked out about halfway through the first quarter. We've been down worse than this in the first quarter and and brought every single game back within one score – but yet, now that Dak's not there, now that the leader's not there, man, it's it's you know you see the game play on Monday night, and then you hear this report being leaked from the locker room this week, and it's the week Dak's gone. I've got to think that the leader of this team not being in that locker room is part of why this came out. Yeah, right. I, I really think I really think that this would have been kept internal. We're not the only team that's going through these problems. We're not the only team with a losing record. I can guarantee you there are a lot of players that that feel this way. And, you know, you talk about these young players that come from high school and then college, and and they're always the best player on their field, and they're most likely from a high school and from a college that won and was very successful. You come in the pros, and they haven't said whether it's it's younger players or veterans, and it, it doesn't matter, but – you know, these alpha males are always going to be frustrated about losing, but it's very rare that you hear it get leaked to the media, and that's because most of that stuff is kept in-house. It's not just one team in the NFL that's complaining. We're not the only team that's not happy with not winning. Yeah. We're just a team that let it leak, and I think that that's just the fact that, that man, the, the, the person that the team has rallied around, or even more so the person that has kept the team fighting, is not there. I, that's my thoughts on this whole report, on the whole coaching staff. Mike Nolan, yes, 100%. He's got to change something. Now, granted, he hasn't had a full deck all season from the defensive side. But the things that we talked about when we broke down his statistics, there was always points given up, but there were always things to offset that. There were always sacks. There were always turnovers, at least on his successful defenses. On his bad defenses, which you know were with Atlanta, at, towards the end of his run, and, and even even towards his, the end of his run with San Francisco, there, there's a reason they let him go. Was the fact that he's never been great about like points, other than when he's had just top tier. 
pro bowlers all over the field. But he's always kind of offset that with turnovers and pressure, and that's something that you and I, we were okay, okay. We can give up a few more points, it's fine, but we're going to make more plays on defense, and that's going to help offset. We're getting one, we're not getting the other. And if we don't get start getting some of the other, man, you got to worry about his his tenure in, in Dallas. I mean, Jerry Jerry didn't set this team up and, and didn't pay the money to Amari and didn't pay the money to Zeke to to be where we're at. And, and I mean, regardless of whether Dak's there or not, you know, I think Dak comes back next year. But even if Dak comes back next year, if our defense is setting records in the NFL for most points scored, I mean, what's the thought on Mike Nolan coming back next year? He doesn't. Like he flat out, if if things don't change for the better, and yes, he there've been a lot of injuries, but like you said, you know there are a lot of Seattle is real big on injuries in the secondary. But guess what? They're undefeated. Uh, uh, the defense is just they're not getting better. Like unless things change and they get better as the season goes, like. I said it at, before the season even started. I was thinking around week eight is when they was going to start. Uh, they was going to be what they were going to be. That's two weeks away. They haven't changed much from week one. So, it's not working. Like, if things don't change, he'll be gone after this year. I guarantee it. Well, the one thing that we can say, and, and we'll talk about this, um, we're going to do things a little bit different with the Cardinals breakdown, is there are players that are getting better. And, and so I think that that's some positive. But what's your thoughts on, You know, I mean, I went on quite a long tangent about Dak not being there and – Oh, that absolutely you know, has and, and and do the coaches have this locker room? Because that's one – I'm telling you what, it, when a coach loses the locker room, it, it doesn't matter who the talent is, man, it's it's game time. I mean, that their fate is sealed. Has McCarthy lost the locker room, or is this just one or two bad apples that, you know, went a little bit, went a little bit toxic when a mic was in front of their face and they decided to go off on a tangent instead of keeping that stuff internal, which probably wouldn't have happened had Dak been around. You know, I, what are your thoughts on all of that? Uh, Dak being the leader of the team, I think that has something to do with the fact that he's not there. And if we know Dak, we pro- he's probably hitting guys up left and right, talking to them like, hey, man, you know, I know things are tough, blah, 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 whatever, you know, trying to talk them up or whatever. Uh, when you start getting this kind of chatter, obviously it's not good. I don't know for sure that McCarthy has lost the locker room. Uh, if it continues, you know, this might be one of those things that, you know, is brought up at the players meeting and then it's just, it's shut down after that. Uh, to me, only time will really tell, you know, if we start hearing more and more after this week and the week after. But winning can hide that, just like you said. And we got two games coming up that can that can change things a lot for us, being Washington and then the Eagles after that. That could change a lot for us. But and you know. it, well here's another thing. You know, talking about Dak being the leader, it, if if Dak's not the leader you got to think for the offense, it's probably Tyrone Smith. Okay, those guys aren't around right now. Those guys are 
I mean, they're around, but but they're not in the locker room on game day. They're not in on practices. Man. Well, now you're looking at Zeke. But I, I mean, Zeke's it's, kinda... it's probably – but Zeke's never really been that guy. I mean, Zeke's always been more of, of – Well, I understand of, that. He's always like, been more of like Dak's hype man. It, it is probably would be the best thing to say. I mean, not to, not to say – I mean, Zeke's thing has always been, man, I'm going to go out and play. And I'm going to – if man, if, if me – breaking these tackles and if me fighting for these extra yards and he that's how he inspires people is, is with his play on the field well I think that he's at the point now and it's showing on the field I think it's he's at the point now where he feels like he has to be that leader he has to break that extra tackle to to give the guys a little more motivation and it's it's causing turnovers I really do believe that because we never had a problem with Zeke. I mean, Zeke has had his share of fumbles in his career, but he has not had nowhere near as bad as he had this year. It's also percentage of fumble. You know, it's also fumble percentage. Yeah. I mean, you know, somebody that touches it 120 times a year and has four fumbles versus someone that touches it 340 times a year and has six – Sure, if you take away the touches, you can say, oh, well, Zeke had six, this other person had four. Well, Zeke touched it two and a half more times. Yeah. You know, so I, I, but he's pressing hard. And, and, for, I, for and sure. I really think that's the problem. I really think that is his issue right now, that he's trying to do so much and put the team on his back and just break that extra tackle just to give the guys a little more motivation, and it's, it's backfiring. So, Well – the one thing is, is McCarthy came out today, and he even said, you know, they asked him about the report, and, and he said something to the effect of, you know, this is guys just vocalizing frustration. It's just, you know, this team is not where we thought it was going to be through six weeks of the season. It's definitely not the team that we've been hyping up all off season. It's not the, you know, this isn't the brand that we thought was going to be served up. He said he thinks just players talking frustration, but it's something that needs to be kept in house. And he even came out and said, you know, this is a communication thing. I, I, the players need to co- come to me. If, if there's something you you're seeing, if, if there's something that doesn't look right, man, you know, I'm my door is always open. To, you know, I, I want I want to hear your complaints and and your constructive criticism and and what maybe you're seeing something I'm not. I mean, Mike McCarthy has one set of eyes. Now, granted, as the head coach. His eyes are, in theory, supposed to be broader than anyone's to be able to see everything. But the great coaches still miss stuff because they have one set of eyes that they they have to go back and see game tape and say, "Man, man, I can't believe I missed that." Maybe, maybe this is a way for players to motivate whatever coaches they're talking about to do better. Now, granted, it's not the right way to do it, but who's to say that this hasn't already been? Kind of, I mean, kind of to, to wrap this up. This this is only going to end one of two ways. It's either going to bring the team closer together, and they're going to work through, you know, they're going to work through whatever, and and they're going to try to get better as a team, and it's going to unite them, man, or it's going to crumble them. It's not going to be something that's just swept under the rug, and it's it's not. It's going to be talked about all season. Once it's out there, it's going to be talked about. So you're either going to build from it. And grow as a team, and some leader is going to step up and say, "Look, man, 
this stuff needs to be kept internal. You know, go to your team captains, go to your defensive captain, go to your offensive captain, go to your coordinator, go to your position coach, and, and talk to them. Don't talk to the guy with a mic in front of them because the guy with the mic in front of him, he's out for ratings. You know, he's out for his story looking the best it can to the public. You know, he's out for, for clicks and, and views. The coach is supposed to be there to help the team get better. Those are the people that you need to bring this stuff to. So it's either I, th- I think for my last point on this, I, this is this is a very critical moment. We can either learn from this and and, and grow together as a team, or man, if we come out and look flat a- against Washington, man, you you got to think. I think we'll wh- know how much worse can it get from here. I think we'll know in the first quarter of the Washington game, which way it went. This is, yes, Washington's 1-5. and five. I understand that. They're not that good of a football team. We're 2-4. and four. We're not that good of a football team. But this is a big game for both, regardless if it has anything to do with division. This is a rivalry that's went back, way but, back. But so. it's, it's, it's different, though. There were different expectations for both teams. No one was expecting Washington to come out and be one game behind in the playoffs, six games in the season. Everyone knew that this was a rebuild. They they brought in Ron Rivera because he's got that he's got that fiery attitude to inspire younger players. You know, everyone thought that Washington, okay, this is going to be a year or two thing. We're one game behind. We're one game ahead of them in the division. This was a team that a lot of people. Had winning the division and and making moves in playoffs. I mean, the, there were there were probably Dallas biased news media, but they're saying, "Oh man, they've got a chance at at the playoffs." Plus, yeah. Now you've got to be thinking, even <clears throat> if we make the playoffs, do you really want to make the playoffs? Just with if we make the playoffs now with the brand of football we're putting out, let's say we squeak in at seven and nine, eight and eight. Do you even really want to get the 16th, 17th, 18th pick in a draft? No. Just to go to the playoffs and get mopped by Green Bay or Seattle or the Los Angeles Rams or, you know, whatever. Yeah, my thing was this is just overall the rivalry itself makes this game big, no matter the the record. And you're going to find out in the first quarter, I believe, on whether which which way things have went, if it's went positive or if it's went negative, because then you're going to see a lot of sluggish, and it's not going to be good. So yeah, yeah, the first quarter and is going to be big. You know the same thing. The point I brought up, you know, after the turnover when Drake busted off that twenty thirty yard run, you can tell the team just had no fight in them. You know, if if yeah. we come out with no fight this week, I mean that needs to tell Jerry and Steven a lot. You yeah, know, I mean, got effort, effort's huge. Uh, you you got it. You can't. It doesn't matter how much talent's on the field. If if the effort's not there, then then that just means everyone's phone phoned it in. Well, you know, that would be up to Jerry and Stephen to say that they was wrong, and they might have to just start over. Like, I it, mean, I hate that we're talking about this week six into the season, but losing, it is what it is. Losing does that to you, and we said losing brings out reports like this, and losing defeats people and and it's it's how you respond to those losses and to those punches and it just we didn't look as good when we got punched this week as we had weeks before so i mean that was a longer news and notes segment i mean unfortunately it's like seth said i mean it's it's we we can't seem to go a week or two 
without losing multiple starters, you know, between offense and defense. And, you know, we've got some guys coming back, but like you said, you know, this week's a big week. But but let's go ahead and we'll we'll let's segue right into last week and, and we're gonna do something a little different with our review. Guys have, have watched the games and, and and it's just a lot of the same stuff over and over. Seth, let's talk some negatives. Let's not we don't need to go into a ton of great detail. It's it's a lot of rinse and repeat, but but it's you know we'll talk about those and and let's talk some positives because I mean there were individual moments during that game made by players or even you know one or two players had good games that made you think okay this is something we can build off of and that's what you have to do sometimes when you take a a, a beating like we did last week you you've just you go over the film and you look at it and you say okay items A through F man they were all bad but what we're going to take away from this game because yes you need to learn from your mistakes and yes you need to to build off your failures and and that's you've got to do that to be a successful football team so you take that stuff and you find ways to build off it but you also take even if it's those one to two positive players or one two three positive plays and say okay this was really good and this is something that we really need to keep building and this, along with learning from our mistakes and and these bad, if we can fix, fix these negative things about the team, this is how we grow and this is how we get better. Yeah, I agree with all that. Let's talk about these negatives. And I could really sum this up in a few words. Uh, well, let's, I mean, let's do it. Turnovers. Turnovers. Still big plays given up on defense. Still a lot of pressure on the offensive line. No pressure on the defense no from pres- the defensive no, line. Inconsistent pressure from yeah. the defensive line and an inability to run the ball. That's it, it and, and the inability to run the ball uh was not as I'm not gonna say it wasn't as big this week, but when Dalton's back there, you know what they're gonna do. With all the injuries to the running back position in the NFL, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook's been dinged up, people are going to look at Zeke and they're going to say, you know, Zeke is supposed to be top of the NFL. You know, his biggest competition for rushing titles and for total yards from scrimmage, I mean, a lot of those guys aren't around. But yet Zeke's still not at the top. I mean, it, the problem is you can only use the excuse of the offensive line so much. A lot of people are going to equate injuries to the offensive line. The first thing you're going to point to is Zeke's contract. I saw one. To, I saw one on a Facebook group that that you and I are both on. I'm you know loading up the laptop and you know getting ready for the show tonight. First thing I see is did the Cowboys make a mistake paying Zeke instead of Byron Jones? Or paying Amari Cooper instead of Byron Jones, it, it's not worth talking about yeah. because we've we've made our bed and now you know we got sleeping. I mean, this is the team we've got. But with Zeke's contract, with Zeke's reputation throughout the NFL, and with the praise that he's garnered in the past, those excuses aren't going to work. I mean, we just we haven't been able to run the ball. Period. And Zeke's put it on the ground an an awful lot this year I mean on less touches than he normally has per game he's fumbling at a historic rate well I mean he he fumbled twice against the Cardinals uh and that was like back-to-back drives 
Like, uh, and and. <laughs> And guess I how? Still, I still guess think, how, guess how many points came off those two turnovers? Fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's 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 been uh, the storyline of our every game this year is the points given up on turnovers. I, I that but that comes back to where I said about him pressing. I think he's and he was having the fumble issues. Earlier this year, I understand it in previous weeks, but I, right now I really feel like he feels like that he's got to do, he's got to carry the team on his back. But carrying the team and putting the ball on the floor are two different things. Well, I, yes, I understand that. But I, I mean, you, you, I love Zeke. I mean, Zeke is, I still think that Zeke is one of the best pure running backs in the NFL, if not the best pure running back vision, finishes with power, impossible to tackle behind the line. He's always going to fight for the extra yard. I had no problem with Zeke getting that contract because, you know, I know a lot of people are criticizing now, but last year when he came out and balled out, yeah, I mean, he started slow because he had no training camp. But once he knocked that first or second game rust off, he came out and looked really good. No one was complaining then. Well, he had almost seventeen hundred yards, total yards. Exactly. And started so, I mean, off slow. You know, so. I, I don't think it's all Zeke, but my thing is, is if you're pressing and trying to do too much, I mean that that's it's not. Maybe this it's, is a game not, he learns from. It's not great and it's not fun. And and Zeke, you know, man, you saw him coming off the field. Man, he's pointing to himself. Man, he pointed to his own chest, knocked himself upside the head the second time. Like, come on, man, you know, man, I've got to be better. And he's pointing to himself like, you know, guys, man, this is my fault. He's not yelling at his offensive lineman saying, hey, man, if I'd quit getting hit three yards in the back of the um, backfield, maybe I can make a play and wouldn't and wouldn't put the ball on the ground. You know, he's putting it on himself, yeah. and that's big. I mean, that shows a lot of maturity for all the um, criticism that um, Zeke has taken in the past. But you just, man, you can't put the ball on the floor like that, especially with how much we've struggled in other areas of our team. 84 to 10 is the points off turnover. And the 10 points is including the scoop and score from Anthony Brown on, on the sack fumble. 84 to 10, Seth. That's yes. 14 points a game off turnovers. And, and here's another number for turnovers since I even told you I'm going to go on a turnover tangent today. Negative 12 in turnover differential. We're not through 16 games. We're not through 10 games. We're not through – Eight, we're through six games, and we're negative twelve in turnover. Not we've turned it over twelve times total. Our turnover differential is negative two. We turn it over on average twice more than our opponents every single game. And you can't win games that way. You can't win games with turnovers. So I mean, it's fourteen points a game averaged, giving up fourteen points a game, giving up per. Every single game, not 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 across the board, but average, but average over six games. And guess what? We're com- we're combating that with one point six seven points a game scored off turnovers. So we're putting ourselves twelve point three points, and I'm getting real. I'm dropping it's decimals and everything. No, I'm 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 dropping decimals and everything. I'm getting real deep with it. Yeah, twelve point three three points. We're being outscored just based off turnovers. I mean, how can you win ball games playing like that? You can't. I mean, we won two games, but 
we won two games against a one and five or two one and five teams. So, like, yeah, you can't win ball games with turnovers. I mean, but the problem is both of those games easily could have been lost. We have four against the Cardinals, two from Zeke, and of course Dalton threw two picks. Should have been three picks, but that early one was dropped. So technically, it still, is what technically it is. still should have been two. The first one was, I guess, karma coming back from where he should have thrown the first one and it was dropped. Because the one where CeeDee Lamb, that was pass interference. If yeah. that's not pass interference, then what is? As soon as he broke into his route, the guy went straight into his body and knocked him down. What? I mean, if that's if that's not defensive pass interference. Well, if I remember correctly, that same drive, the touchdown that they scored, they called a pass interference on us that was – yeah, it was on. It was just it was great on, defense. It was on Jordan Lewis against Dan Arnold in the end zone. Yeah, and and even the commentators are like, man, I don't, I don't see a whole lot there. I mean, now Jordan Lewis's back was to the ball, but he didn't inhibit Arnold from catching that ball. Not one bit. But I mean, that's besides the point. It is what it is. But it, the turnovers have just been bad, and maybe the turnovers are getting to the defense. Maybe the defense is like. Hell, if you're going to continue to put us in bad situations, why continue to fight? I'm hoping they're not thinking that way, but like what you said, after the turnover when Drake breaks a 30-yard run, you wonder. You know, that kind of goes in the back of your head there, wondering, hey, did he really try on this play? Or I mean, it's just it's just demoralizing. I mean, if, if you're a defensive player, and every single time you come out, not every single time, but – you know, second drive, third drive, a, a lot of it, it. Most offenses, if they don't score on the first drive, you know, you're you're kind of the first possession or two. There's there's a fight for field position. You know, if you can get a couple first downs and punt, pin them inside their twenty. If you can stop them from getting a couple first downs themselves, then you're hoping to get the ball back at at the forty. That way you only have to drive 60 yards for a touchdown. A lot of teams, you know, they're, they're playing for field position. But if you're the defense and and you get a stop and the other team punts and your team starts with the ball at 25-30 and then they immediately put on the ground, as a defender you're like, man, I, you know, I did my job and – now I got to come back and and the the Save offense yours. you know the <laughs> offense has only got to go twenty five and, and that happens in the NFL yeah I mean, that happens yeah that that happens to every single team but when it happens multiple times four times against Arizona man at what point as a defender and I understand that these are professional football players but they still have emotions you know they they still have you know they they're they're still human beings they're still going to come a point where there's some aggravation and there's some distress and they're just going to go out there and be like, well, man, just another time where, where we've got to face a high-powered offense and they've only got 25 yards to go well, to score. It's like the equivalent like me punching you in the back and expecting you to keep a smile. I mean, that's basically what it is. Like, you keep getting put in those bad situations. It's just, I mean, I can understand from a defensive side, like, you know, it's, it's a little frustrating. The defense is not that great to begin with. So when you do get a stop, you're like, oh, man, you know, we did great out there this time. That's that's a confidence booster right there. And then, like you said, turn the ball over on the very next play or two or three plays later, and you got to go right back and 
try to stop him on a shorter field. It's 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 not good. I mean, it, it you know we're, we're we're we need to get going on the positives here, but it's just like you said, man. It's just demoralizing. And 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 another. And the problem is, is it's counteractive because you could say the same thing about the offense. ADR touchdown to Christian Kirk. You know they they're pinned inside the twenty. They bust one deep one with Christian Kirk, and as an offense, all of a sudden you're coming back out and you're like, well. They just they just blew you know they just got an, another big play given up by the defense. It's, it seems like it's it's working. Neither side is really giving each other man. There's not a ton to build off on either side of the ball. Mostly from this game, yeah. You know, I mean, other games the offense has been pretty good at. They've put us in some bad spots, but they've also battled back and gotten us back in the games. Yeah. And the defense has the defense would then respond. Yeah. We we would score a touchdown. They get a first down and and then punt or even a three and out. And next thing you know, the team scores again, man. And you just say that morale from 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 the whole team and just start building. But it was just negatives both ways. It, it was the defense would get a three and out. And then the team would go. Then the offense would go three and out, or they'd put it on the ground, and the defense would get the ball in great field position. They'd go down and score, and then the offense would turn it over again. And 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 so we just we built off the negatives way too much. I mean, just to 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 wrap it up. I mean, because we we talked about it. We we've talked about all these things a lot, and so we're not going to talk. You know, in depth because we we've done that a lot. I mean, if you, if you want to hear the problems with the defense, you can go back and listen to any of the other episodes exactly. about where where we're at. At least from from a grand scheme. I mean, it was a little bit different when the offense couldn't move the ball, and and we've we've talked about that here. You know, Andy Dalton didn't look. It looked like he had a little something. Well, we'll talk about that at least as a positive. We'll we'll get into that. But but the negatives, I, big plays on defense that we're still giving them up. I think Off, offensively. Still a lot of turnovers. I, mean, I understand injuries on the offensive line, but you you got to play through those. I mean, these are the same negatives we talk about every week, and I just I, I, I want to talk about some positives from from this game. Like I, I want to try to find some stuff that we can talk to our audience about that's just not demoralizing. Well, I think that we will agree that that the team as a whole was a lot of negative and. You know, that's just from the turnovers and everything else. Uh, let's talk about some positives. And I want to start off with individual positives because uh, Trayvon Diggs did a really good job against Hopkins. Yes, it was – he had 70 yards, but he only had two receptions for he bro- 70 He yards. broke one on one on a pick play. Yes. Uh, I mean, it was a, it was a legal pick. It's, yeah. But he, they, they ran a really – they ran a really great route combination where he had to fight through traffic. And they got Hopkins the ball eight or nine yards out, and then he just did some work in the open field. You know, he had a lot of running room. When you're running man, a lot of teams will run those crossers hoping that that someone gets caught in some traffic, and that just leads to their wide receiver getting the ball and having 20, 30, 40 yards in front of him. Other than that, If you hold Hopkins to two receptions, that – And a lot of times – they they talked about it in the game. Hopkins said, you know, I've never really had a quarterback yell at me since I've been in the NFL and, until I came to Arizona. I mean, you could see there were times where, like, man, Hopkins would turn around and the ball was already there, 
but it was two feet to the left, and and he would turn around and look at, at Murray and then kind of have his hands up or or he'd just kind of jog back, and you could see that him and Murray were having some discussions that they were just a little bit out of sync. And that hadn't been the case all year. There, there was a little bit of press. I mean, there wasn't a lot of it, but but there was, you know, there was a little bit of contact with with Diggs at, at the line of scrimmage. And the one thing that that we talked about him in the off season in the mock draft and during the defensive breakdown is, especially coming from Alabama, he's going to be a fighter. This is going to be a player that when he gets knocked down, when he takes your best shot, he's going to get right back up and be ready to roll. And in case people didn't know, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to interrupt you, but in case people didn't know, he was to shadow Hopkins all night. So two receptions all night against Hopkins. Go. This is really the first game he shadowed too. He's mostly been a, I'm on this side, and that's one of the things that's really bitten us in the past is when their primary receivers been struggling oh we'll just move him over to like where Worley is you know he gave up the 80 yard bomb to Kirk I mean I was Worley I mean he just he was backpedaling on the route and then just stopped like I don't know if he yeah I don't know if he read comeback route or but Kirk just kept getting it up the kept getting it up the field and and there was no one within 20 yards but maybe this is a positive that Mike Nolan has picked up and hey this is our best corner and even when Cheeto comes back, we, we've talked about Cheeto's a free agent. We You can't guarantee that we're going to have money to resign him in the offseason. Maybe Nolan's response is, Diggs is our best corner, so we're turning you into Patrick Peterson. We're turning you into Jalen Ramsey. And wherever the alpha goes, that's where you go. And I'm telling you what, he responded to it, and he's responded to every challenge this year, and he's had some big ones. He's gotten better every year. I, I mean, every week. I mean, you know, DK Metcalf and, and Tyler Lockett, and we, we've talked about them yeah. all, and, and so I'm not going to run down the list again. But, but even in the Giants game with Darius Slayton, I mean, Darius Slayton's been really good receiver this year. I mean, he's from year one to year two. I mean, he just continues to get just a little – he always had the big playability in him. But he's starting to get more and more consistent and starting to really develop a rapport with Daniel Jones. And and Diggs has taken all these lumps and just got him said, you know what, man, you got me this time. I'm going to get you the next time and the time after that and the time after that. And I'm just going to keep getting better. That's something, man, you got to love moving forward. And I keep talking to you. I, I really want to see Reggie Robinson out there. I mean, we he's another player – that profiles the same way as Diggs as far as long, good speed, smooth with the hips, outside receiver that, that's going to fight for the ball. I mean, we talked about the pass breakups in college. I mean, he, he didn't have a ton of interceptions. Man, he got in there and he knocked the ball out. He's a player that I really am hoping to see a little bit more of in the second half just to see what we've got. Yeah. Because if Diggs is our one next year, then we still need a two. If if he's our one, it means Cheeto's gone in free agency. And I'm going to tell you what, Anthony Brown has made some plays, and he's looked solid like like he does. I mean, it's just Anthony Brown, just solid professional corner. He's going to come out and he's going to do his job. That's it. But if we can get a Reggie Robinson rolling in the second half, and 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 if he can take that same trial by fire that that Diggs has, and just respond by just you know getting better each and every week than the next year, man, it, it would be something to really, really build around 
with this defense, because if not, if you don't see what you've got in Robinson and all these one-year guys leaving free agency, or the team just says, man, we don't want you back. You were part of a secondary that gave up the most points in the NFL. Yeah, and the thing is, it's almost like we've missed our our window, You, I guess you would say, of seeing what he can do. And whether it's he can't pick up – he's not picking up defensive scheme that well or whatever the reason he's been inactive, Cheeto's been out. Cheeto's getting ready to come back. So, like, Cheeto instead of giving Robinson the reps. So, it's almost like a missed window to see what you got. Maybe the coaching staff – Worley's been getting beat for several weeks now. So, a lot. That That's been my – that's been what I've said to you multiple times. There's no way what Robinson is on the field can be worse than what we're looking at. And it's entirely possible that it could be. But if we're playing this figure-it-out game on the field, a player that we took in the fourth round, which is pretty significant draft capital, pretty significant draft capital, man, you really need to see what you got in him, especially if this is a defense that's going to have a lot of holes next year, especially in the secondary due to free agency. Yeah, and I, I feel like we missed our window on that. Just and unless there's another injury, yeah, I don't see any real reason for them to try to put him in to play. Unless you just flat out take Worley out, and well, Worley's only in there because Cheeto's hurt. So, at at what point or in which way do you find ways to try to get him involved? Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. That, that's great analysis right there. I mean, when Cheeto comes back, especially if we're still, a, still fielding a team that's competitive and, and trying to push for the playoffs, then you've got to pay. You've got to play your best players, and, and Cheeto is is going to be one of our better corners when he comes back. So I agree with that 100%. Another player that that made some plays, and it was it was in a. A smaller snap share, but um, Neville Gallimore, man, that's your, that's your guy. Man, that's someone that you've that. that you've been super happy about, and and he made some plays the week before. We we talked about the play where he kind of chased down Daniel Jones and made him throw the ball out of the um throw the ball out throw the ball into the stands and, instead of taking a shot downfield. He made some plays in the backfield this week, and it and it looks like the same thing they were trying to do with Tristan Hill. Looks like they're doing with Neville Gallimore. It looks like they're going to try to sprinkle him in a little bit more each and every week. And that's something, Ben, you've got to be happy about. Yeah, he's looked great so far from what I've seen. Uh, of course, you don't pay attention to every single play. Um, you know, he's probably got some bonehead plays in there too. But it, uh, Well, especially playing like Arizona. I mean, they're kind of an up-tempo team. It's tough to see who's in on every single play without stopping. I mean, and we got gashed by the running game. I mean, we made Kenyon Drake, who struggled this year. Looked and, like a pro bowler. And, and everyone's, you know, everyone even said, oh, this is the Chase Edmond week. Chase Edmonds is going to come in and take over for Drake, man. Drake looked fantastic. He looked like, like you said, a pro bowler against us. Now, granted, most teams have been able to run the ball, you know, fairly successfully against us. Um, so you don't know how many of those plays Gallimore was in, and, and maybe he missed, you know, maybe he missed his gap, or maybe he just got blocked down by the offensive line and he didn't hold the point of attack. But 
there have been positive plays, and when you're playing second, third, fourth round rookies, they're going to take lumps. What you hope is you hope to see sparks that make you think, okay, this he's going to be good at this. We just need to knock the edges off on these other things. Well, the sparks from him, yes, he's a rookie, but the sparks from him and the excitement from him can lead to maybe some excitement for some of the other guys just because there's so much negativity going on. The little positives can bring can well, make so much difference. Just that energy and intensity. That's it. You, you know that that's big energy and intensity. You know you see you see a guy get a sack on a quarterback, sack him like ten yards back, or force a fumble. We'll just do the whole thing. That guy gets up, man. He's and then two or three defenders are behind him, man. They're patting him on the back, and then or on an interception, or on a fumble recovery, you see whole defenses just run down the field going for that Titantron so they can celebrate as a team. That energy and that intensity, that's infectious. Yes. That, 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 that builds, and, and that's something you want your team to catch. And maybe that's, I mean, maybe that's the, the best thing about it, the fact that he's a rookie coming in on, he played some last week, of course, but that right there, I mean, his energy alone can change the tone of that defense. And, and of course, we didn't see it this week. But I know one thing, it didn't hurt. It didn't hurt the team at all. And you know for 100% fact that he's given 110% every play. And if he made mistakes last week, he's going to be in the film room and then he's going he's gonna to – try to learn how to fix his mistakes on a practice field. I agree with you 100%. That's a, that's a player I really want to see get a larger snap share. And if the Mike Nolan defense is going to work, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take some of these younger guys improving their game and, and getting better because some of the – and it's it's not all on the veterans. I mean, the whole defense as a whole has looked bad. Yeah. But it, it's, it's the younger players that still haven't hit their upside – those are the guys that you hope can can hit that next level and really turn a defense around. And Gallimore, Diggs had a great game. I was happy to see LVE out there. He, now, granted, they even said he's going to be on a snap count. Yeah, he only, only played fifty percent. Yeah, and he only had three tackles. But but you would hope that him coming back. Jalen Smith had another pretty good game. I mean, he's looking, he's working really well sideline to sideline. He had another play in which he was a spy, and he had to make the choice to come up to Murray or sit down in zone. Those are no-win situations, though. I mean, it's different if it's Tom Brady back there, Matt Ryan or Big Ben or someone that you know is not going to take off. When it's Kyler Murray – when it's when it's Daniel Jones had 60 70 yards rushing against us when you get those athletic quarterbacks out on the edge like I mean there's a reason they I'm, want those guys out on the edge when you get them out on the edge if you can get them matched up on a linebacker the linebacker's got to make a decision do I try to make a play in the backfield or do I just hold my zone and you're putting him in no win situations Doing that. The only thing that I wish that they would do, and we've seen it with Everson Griffin uh, the week before, or last week, whatever, uh, is allowing him to get outside. 
I'd rather you overrun the play and make him go inside you instead of outside you where the rest of your teammates are. You sending them back into the pack instead of letting them get the edge. And then he's got what, maybe one player to beat? You know, I mean, is it? We talked about it last week when we talked about the preview to this game. One of the things that we said was you've got to set the edge. If you let Kyler Murray to get to the outside, he's dangerous. He throws one of the better deep balls in the NFL, threw a really pretty one to Christian Kirk, missed Andy Andy Isabella on a couple. That game could have been a lot worse than it was. They missed a couple shots to Andy Isabella on third downs that were extremely close, and had they been caught, he was probably walking into the end zone. So, ironically, it could have been worse. You, With him being a shorter player, if you can keep him in the pocket and make him climb the ladder towards those, those defensive linemen, that's how you get batted balls. That's And when the ball's batted and it's up in the air, man, it's anyone's game. That's how you create turnovers against a player like that. But we continuously let these – Athletic quarterbacks, Daniel Jones, Russell Wilson did it against us, Kyler Murray, even Baker Mayfield. I mean, he's not known he's not known to be much of a rusher, but he was getting to the outside and opening up passing lanes. Jared Goff rushed for a couple first downs against us. Matt Ryan had at least one rushing first down against us. The defensive ends are not containing the outsides, and I know we're supposed to be talking about positives, and we're not. So I'm going to get right back on point here. But it's just it, – it's something that we see every week, and it's something that just needs to get better. You know, I mean, so I know we talked about Jalen Smith. Sorry, other than those couple plays where, where he's just kind of put no-win situations, I think he had a pretty good game as well. A couple players on the offense actually had good games. I mean, it, it was some garbage time stats, and, and we've had quite a bit of that. But Amari Cooper looks really good when you get him the ball short. Yeah. It's it's crazy how good he is after the catch, as if it's not something he's done his entire career. He, two, two to three routes last night, they showed, man. He put the guy on skates. Yeah. Why do you have to work him down the field when you can run a seven-yard option route with him? Well, they got, actually put him in the slot a little bit this week. Now, I understand CeeDee Lamb probably had his slowest game, at least in the last two to three weeks, but that's part of the growing pains with CeeDee Lamb is learning to work inside and outside. But he, he still was, had, like, what, six receptions for, like, 64 yards? So I, I don't yeah, that's I think like seven for sixty sounds about right, but 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 learning to work him outside more that's going to open up everyone a little bit, and it's going to get to the point where you can't just focus your your defense on CD Lamb. This we started using Cooper in a slot a little bit in the second half. This is you and I talked about in the offseason a lot. Who's going to work the slide? Is it going to be CD Lamb or is it going to be Cooper? You thought it'd be CD Lamb trying to make things a little bit easier for him, and he up until this week was leading the NFL in yards from the slot, and he's looked every bit the player that we wanted him to be and, well, and he's more. He's top five um, total yardage. But Amari Cooper still looks really good in the slot, and I think it's something that they need to mix in. There were there was a couple plays where he just put his defender on skates, and, and he turned a little eight-yard play into 30, and I understand CeeDee Lamb's done that too. I'm not saying Cooper's the only one that's done it, but what I'm saying is Moving those guys around a little more is going to create different matchups. And, you know, CeeDee Lamb's just not a slot guy. I mean, that wasn't him at Oklahoma. I mean, he he's one of the, he's one of those guys, man, he looks good in the slot, on the right, 
on the left, he, he can line up anywhere. And, yeah. and, and especially as he grows in the NFL, he's going to – I mean, the, this isn't CeeDee Lamb's ceiling. He's just going to get better. But you need to move guys around to create mismatches. Be, you can't be too vanilla in the NFL. So that's just my point. You know, I think Cooper had a really good game, and, and especially those couple receptions, man, out of the slot. I, I hope that Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore see it and say, okay, we've got more than one guy that can work out of the slot. Man, we've seen a lot of we've seen a lot of Noah Brown. We've seen a lot of Cedric Wilson. Man, run some four wide. Take Don Schultz off the field because he can't block for both tackles. So run some four wide with Zeke. Zeke's a good enough passing, um, a good enough pass blocking running back. Yeah. Brown on the outside, Gallup on the outside. Get your two, get your two big body receivers on the outside. Two best route runners on the inside with Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. Yes, most people are going to know that Noah Brown and and that formation is going to be a decoy it doesn't matter you still gotta you still gotta account for him all that space that's going to be open in the middle for lamb or cooper you can only dedicate one safety or you can only most likely it's going to be the linebacker you can only that linebacker can only shade one way and whichever way he doesn't guess what there's your window that's it I, mean, I agree with all that. Yeah, Gallup made some plays a- as well. I mean, he dropped the touchdown, and, and that was that was a killer. Man, that was that was a momentum killer. That was right before the half. Yep, we would have got the ball back the second half. A hundred percent, and we did get the ball back at half. So I mean, yeah. if if he catches that touchdown, kicked the extra point, I understand it's still twenty-one-seven. But then you got and score again coming into the second half, and it's twenty-one-fourteen, and that's basically been our formula this season: get down big. Start building it back up, get a couple good possessions going your way, and then momentum flips. But when he dropped that pass and we settled for three, man, you saw a lot of heads falling down. But him and Dalton still have a good connection. Yeah. So, I mean, just you got to hope that he builds on that and that you can get all three wide receivers in in rhythm. Um, I, I think that that's enough about the Cardinals game. I mean, there's not a ton to talk about. I mean, it was, it was pretty bad. Um, yeah. Let, let's go ahead and get into this Washington re, uh, preview and, and you know, another divisional game against an opponent that is they're, – they're struggling. I mean, they've already gone through three quarterbacks this season. It's, uh, you know, they pulled Dwayne Haskins and they started Kyle Allen and he got hurt and they put in Alex Smith. And um, you know, Alex Smith had the – unfortunate hand of being dealt, you know, first game back, you're going against L.A. Rams against – I mean, we faced their pass rush. We saw what it looks like. It looked looked a lot – it looked a lot like the game against us. You yeah. know, I mean, Aaron Donald in the backfield quite often. Um, there are a lot of people that, that think that Washington's is probably fighting more for – a higher pick in the draft, and I mean, I understand our divisions has been definitely the. There are six teams, seven teams in the NFL that have more wins than our than our entire division. It was something they talked about at the end of the game. Um, so I definitely think Washington's probably, but this is a team that we knew was in for a rebuild. I mean, they've got young pieces that are coming up. We've got a lot of in their prime guys. Under big contracts, you don't keep you don't sign guys to big contracts to to institute a rebuild. Yeah. So it's two teams that look pretty similar in struggles, but but I think two different team philosophies. 
Yeah. Um, it's probably going to be Kyle Allen going against us. I know they have Dwayne Haskins. I know he was a first-round pick, but he was a first-round pick by the previous regime. There, there's been some reports of him coming out, and he hasn't really responded to criticism. And, and I, I'm telling you what, if you know anything about Ron Rivera as a coach, he's got no problem letting you know when you're not doing things correctly. And things are only going to be done one way on Ron Rivera's team, and that, that's Ron's way. That's it. Um, I still think that's a team that they're still fighting, though. I mean, I, his fiery attitude is going to inspire people. I mean, they could have easily kicked that PAT against the Giants and gone to overtime, and, and who knows, maybe the Giants still have no wins, and, and Washington has two, and, and then they're they're tied with us for the division. Um, but you riverboat Ron, you know, he's always aggressive. and But I think that's the culture he's trying to instill in this team. I'm not settling for ties. I'm not settling for just good enough. I want to win. I want to be better than the other team. And I think that that's why they went for the two against the Giants. A lot of people would say, man, kick the field goal and go to overtime. I think that he's trying to instill a culture there that we're playing to win. We're not playing to be good enough. We're playing We're playing to be good and great, not well, good enough. Their locker room is definitely a lot better than ours. They are 1-5. and five, and We're 2-4. and four. How much chatter have you heard from the Redskins locker room? Nope. Or Washington football team's locker room? Exactly my point. They're still giving it their all. They still think they can win the division. They're going to come out there and fight every play, every down. I think that they've built a young culture. I mean, I think that this is a team that, that's got a, a chance to, to – if they get one of those high draft picks and – Man, there's four, at least four quarterbacks that that a lot of college scouts are talking about. Kyle Trask in Florida. You've got Trey Lance at North Dakota State. You've got um, Justin Fields at Ohio State, and then you've got Trevor Lawrence, who everyone just he's been the 101 for two or three years now. It's just what year was he going to come out? Yeah. Um, the- you know, if they get their hands on on it. It looks like Haskins is probably not the future there with, with kind of what's going on well, right my now. My whole point of what I was saying was is Ron Rivera, just like you said, he's not going to allow this group to give up. They're going to fight every quarter, every down, and they're going to give you 110%. And that's exactly what they've been doing. And they've been in some games. So this – and you add that big-time rivalry on top of it. This is going to be a game that we have to worry about. I mean, it really is. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And, and the Redskins always play us tough. Uh, the Giants played us tough. And, and we even said, for as much as they struggled, guys, this is going to be a fight. And guess what? We were right. Biggest reason, divisional. No one knows you better than your divisional opponents because they get to see you twice a year. That's it. Um, let, let's talk some keys to victory. I'm not going to go into number one, uh, too much number one's turnovers. If, if we continue to, to keep giving the team two extra possessions with really good field position. Take them, it, not it's, give them. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a recipe for success for the other team. I mean, we, we've shown that we're averaging two more turnovers a game than other teams, and we're giving up two touchdowns a game off those turnovers. Got to protect the ball. I mean, it's period. There, there's yep. no point. There's no point in a ton of analysis on that. That's let's, it. Let's go right on down to, to the next key to victory. O line's got to be better. I, I mean, if there's anything that the Washington 
defense has. It's a line. It's defensive a strong, line. strong, strong defensive line. Yes, Multiple first-round picks on that defensive line. A lot like San Francisco last year. You get, you know, Chase Young's been hurt, so you 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 still haven't seen. I mean, you haven't even seen. You haven't even come close to seeing what his best is. I mean, yeah. his, his best you're not going to see for a couple but years. But he come out playing pretty well before he got hurt. Exactly, so. and the thing is. We don't want to be the team that puts him back on the map, and and the way that O line's played, that that's something that Washington's going to try to do. They're going to try to find ways to get young and sweat and one on ones because they're going to win those. I mean, you know, for all the talk about Chase Young, man, Montez Sweat is a good player. He is a first round talent. Yes, I understand everyone thinks Chase Young is probably going to be the best player on that defensive line. Probably, but you've also got pain in the middle. You've also got. I think Ionetta was hurt. I'm not 100 percent sure if, if if he's back healthy or not. But you've still got Ryan Kerrigan, the grizzled veteran, quote unquote. But he's not. He's still in the prime of his career, yeah. and and still playing significant snaps. I mean, he's coming off the bench now, but but it shows the depth that that defensive line has. And guess what? Where do we not have depth at? Offensive line, yeah, it's we're really gonna, bad. We're we're probably going to be getting the best of their best uh, against the weakest of our week, and the the pass rush can change the outcome of a game more than anything for a defense. If the secondary strong, that's great, but if the pass rush can't get to the quarterback, quarterback's just going to sit back there for four or five seconds. It's impossible to ask the secondary to cover for four to five seconds. Their secondary is a little bit weak. They've got some good players back there. I mean, you, you know, we're both we both really like Kendall Fuller. Um, Go Hokies! They, they they've got they've got some some other pieces in that secondary as well. I mean, it's it's a young secondary and it's something that they're going to have to build up. And they've even got some good linebackers. John Bostic's been a good player. Um, you've got Holcomb. He's made some plays uh, that, that from the inside linebacker position. But where they're going to try to beat us with our defensive line, and it doesn't matter. Well, it does matter because there are some quarterbacks that just feast off the off the blitz. But our team's not built to to be successful against the blitz. It, it, Dak was okay. He was definitely a lot better than Dalton's been. I mean, uh, Dalton Cardinals showed that. Like we're we're nowhere near built for the blitz. I mean, because they lit him up several times, and. To me, I think this is other than the turnovers because obviously turnovers are the, your biggest key. If you're turning the ball over, you're not going to win. But to me, this is the our biggest key to victory because if we can slow these guys down and keep Dalton protected, then our offense is going to flow. Our offense is going to flow like it's supposed to. And another thing that we're going to need to do is get the run started. We got to get the running game started. And that's another way to slow them guys down is getting a good run game started. Then you can start setting up play-action pass, and that's always going to help your offense. So, to me, this is our biggest key other than the turnovers to victory. I was watching a couple games this week, and they were really talking about that. One was the Miami game where – 
the other team was just trying to unleash pass rushers, and, and they were doing a lot of delayed handoffs because the outside guys, man, they were blowing past the tackles. And the tackle was then, next thing you know, he just kind of pushed the defensive lineman off, and then he just worked to the second level because the running back is through the hole. And that's something, man, I wouldn't mind seeing brought into the offense. If, if you know that your offensive line is going to be weak and is not going to be able to handle the pass rush, you have to do ways – you have to do things to to make the pass rush affect their defense negatively. And, give them and, different looks. Exactly. The, the delayed handoff is one way. Do now, granted, when when you're going to do that, the middle of the de- the offensive line has to win. Yeah. Because if not, then it's going to be an, an eight yard loss, and it's going to be second and eighteen, or you know whatever, third and eighteen. That's one way to do it. Another way to do it's a screen game. Now. We we've tried getting involved. We've tried getting Zeke involved in on the screen game. We've tried Pollard a little bit, but we tried it with Zeke, and it hasn't, it hasn't worked. looked great. Um, man, why not some wide receiver screens? Yeah. You know, I mean, why? One thing that we haven't seen a lot of that you and I talked about is that bunch formation. There are a lot of teams that run that bunch formation. A lot of teams have run it against us. The Rams ran it against us. The big play that DeAndre Hopkins got was run out of the bunch formation. The Falcons hit us with some bunch formation. We don't run hardly any bunch. Nope. Like, we always spread the field out. Yep. And if you're trying to slow down a pass rush and you want to get the ball out quick, there's not a much quicker pass in the NFL than the wide receiver screen. Other than that little touch pass, that those little two-yard touchdowns, where the the quarterback just kind of pushes it forward two yeah. feet. And, you know. I mean, we've seen a couple of those wide receiver screens that, and they really haven't worked. But I don't think we've used them enough to try uh, to make them work. But the problem is, is there with anything in the NFL, the the plays you run, man, it's a lot about when you run them. Yeah. You yeah, know, third and 18, when you run the draw, for sure, a lot of teams, man, they'll get that nine, ten yard run off the draw. That's because the defense is playing back and they're trying not to give up something deep. Man, run that wide, run that wide receiver screen on second and two. You know, if, let's say let's say we get a seven or eight yard rush on first down. Line the guys up in bunch. A, a lot of teams, man, when they line up in bunch, what are they doing? They're going to take a shot. Yep. Run that wide receiver screen off second and two because maybe the defense is on their heels and you get a Gallup out in front, you get a CeeDee Lamb out in front, you get a Cooper out in front blocking for one of those other guys. Those are easy completion yards for your quarterback. Ball travels two feet, but he gets a 40-yard completion. You know, those are some things we need to do. Those clear-out routes in in the middle of the field where you've got multiple guys running crossers, we don't do – very much of that. When we do it, man, it looks great. It, it, and some of it takes longer to develop, but that's when when we do it, we seem to do it layered and down the field. It doesn't have to be 20 yards down the field to be successful. Run it six, seven, eight yards down the field. If you know, we've seen a lot of A-gap pressure recently. If you know, if if, if the quarterback's reading A-gap pressure, man, run run that. Well, see, I want to, I'd rather see those seven-yard receptions. I'd rather see a whole drive of five- and six-yard receptions. You want to know why? I'd rather see that than an 80-yard touchdown. Because not only are you still putting points on the board, but you're keeping the defense off the field. 
and you're getting everyone engaged in the offense. I mean, if, if everyone's touching the ball, we've talked about morale quite a bit tonight at length. If you're getting everyone involved, man, it's easier to keep your confidence up. Gallup, after he had that drop, he didn't get a ton of targets in the second half, and I understand we started working the ball back to Lamb. We started working the ball back to Cooper. I think I think that those are going to be the two big guys in our offense are going to be Lamb and, and, and Cooper. They're going to be our volume guys, and, and Gallup will get some chances to make, the pl- make plays downfield. But you just dropped a touchdown pass, and, and the response is to kind of go away from him. I mean, you know, that's a confidence killer. Yeah. You know, you get everyone involved, man. That, that We've talked about energy also a lot tonight, man. You get everyone involved. All of a sudden, man, everybody's – Everybody's know, hyped up Everybody's for the hyped play. up. Everybody's jumping around. Everybody's – you know, that's what we need. That's what this team really needs. Yeah, I mean, morale's at an all-time low. I mean, and, and that's that's what you need to, to get this thing – bounced back around is man just getting everybody involved and, and to and to get everyone involved and, and to have successful drives. That's what we're gonna have to do, man. You're gonna have to get it out quick. Because this O line's not gonna block this O line's not gonna be able to contain this D line. So I've said a lot we've said a lot that the defensive line has to protect the secondary. The offensive coordinator and the head coach need to protect the O line this yeah. week. I mean this is a big one and um Kind of last key to victory, you know, we've talked about Washington and how they're a little bit limited. I mean, they've, they're they're a team that's building and they've got some great young pieces, but it's something they need to continue to add to. We've talked about Logan Thomas quite a bit on several um, episodes. I talked about him at length on another episode uh, where, where a host asked me to come on and talk some fancy football with them. We we've talked about Logan Thomas. I mean, he he's looked really good in his transition from quarterback to tight end. He was he was a tight end at high school. He was a uh, he was someone that I went to high school with. He's he's a few years younger than me. I was lucky enough to play some basketball with him and, and play some football with him. And and man, he was an he was an athletic freak then, and he's an athletic freak now. And and he's definitely a red zone matchup. And he's someone in the middle of the field that can do some damage against you. It, it's it's kind of him. And and then no, no, the two premier guys are Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson, and and for some reason the offense is still trying to get J D McKissick involved. I can't really understand it because Antonio Gibson, I know that he wasn't a, a workhorse in college. He was a, a wide receiver slash running back, and he didn't get a ton of touches. But but when they've gotten the ball in his hands, man, it's looked good. But he's yeah. just not getting the volume. And he's probably not a 20-touch guy. But, man, you can't get him 12. You can't get him 14 touches. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be 14 carries up the gut. You, you can get him eight rushes and, and six catches or, or 10 and four. Or, but they seem like they utilize him early and they just kind of go away from him. Yeah, it don't really make no sense how they're doing it. Uh, as far as stopping F1, I mean – to me, it's simple. You double him up, you let the rest of the receivers beat you. That's pretty simple there. Yeah, I mean, Cam Sims caught that touchdown against uh, the Giants to bring him back within one. If if Cam Sims is the guy making plays, if Antonio Gandy Golden's the guy making plays, you live with that because the game breaker from the, in that wide receiver room is Terry McLaurin, F1. 100%, it's not even close. And if you can't double him up and shut him down, 
then we got deeper problems than we thought. I really want to see Diggs shadow again. I mean, man, make and that. And we'll probably will see that. Make Washington probably has, from a receiver aspect, probably has them, and I would say the Giants probably have the lower end of the secondary pieces that we've played. So if we can shut down, I mean, and Slayton got Slayton got the big one on us, and Slayton made a lot of plays against us. If we can slow that down from McLaurin and make those secondary pieces beat you, if 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 you believe in Diggs, have him shadow, and still give him a little bit of help. Yeah. If, if you give him just a little bit of help that way, that's the key to winning this game. Is man, you got to slow down Terry McLaurin, and, and you got to limit Antonio Gibson. You gotta if- you gotta hope that LVEs. Snapshare is going to go up every week, and those linebackers can really key in on Gibson. Well, you got to think that if you can slow down F1 and minimize his ability, a playmaking ability, that it's going to favor shutting down Gibson as well because then you can key more into him. So even if Diggs, if Diggs is able to shadow him and contain him manned up, then that's going to, that's going to help us shut down Gibson. I mean – because then you can key on him, and then that's – we're talking about two guys here. Logan Thomas, he might get a touchdown. Uh, like you said, Sims, he might – but I want those guys to beat us. I don't want their two uh, main guys to beat us. So, Yeah, I, and, and see, and that's what it takes to win these divisional games, especially against a team that that's not super deep on offense, that's really trying to, trying to build something and, and trying to grow something up. Is it's it it's it's this simple. I mean, football in itself is a hard game to play. It it's going to take simple things like this to win. I mean, I don't I don't think that there's there's a ton of analysis needed moving forward for this game. I mean, it's, no, man, stop turning the ball over. McCarthy and Moore have to come up with a scheme that protects that offensive line. You can't ask them to block for four seconds. You can't. There, there, it's, it hasn't worked all season. Why is it going to work against this defensive line that is one of on, that is on paper and in execution so far this year, one of the better ones in the NFL? And you got to stop their playmakers. I mean, they're not a team that's been blessed with with a full cupboard of weapons. Just slow the couple of guys down. Make the secondary pieces beat you. If 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 that's what you're going to lose to, man. It is what it is, but you you come into the game to stop their two big yeah, targets. If, if, if you if you come into the game and Cam Sims and AGG and Steven Sims have zero catches for zero yards, but Terry McLaurin goes off for twelve for one eighty and two touchdowns, and Gibson has one hundred twenty yards from scrimmage, and Logan Thomas catches a touchdown, and guess what? That's a recipe for an L. Yep. So I just. Cookie cutter game this week, man. Let's let's just man. Let's get back to the basics. Let's just play smart football, and this is a game that we can definitely win. Um, I know, man, guys. Another longer episode tonight. Seth and I really want these news and notes segments to be shorter, but there's not a lot you can do when it's every single week we get to talk about two, three, four injuries. Big-time injuries. And, and then, of course, this player report. I mean, that's really something that when we were you know, talking this morning before the show, it's, man, we're really going to have to break this thing down because 
this is either going to break this team or it's going to build it back up. And, and, and it, it could be one that could cost the coaching staff their job after one season if it doesn't get better. But um, we want to thank you guys for sticking this out. And, and we've built, man, a great audience. And, and we want to thank you guys for supporting us. It did, you know, from episode one to episode 17 feels right. Yes, 17. Um, and just to, to know the audience that we've built, and we want to thank you guys for sticking through on, on some of these longer episodes and supporting us. And um, we're 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 gonna keep asking very very nicely, man. Just man, tell one friend. You know, if 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 you've got that one friend that gets to listen to podcast at work, and and I told a, a buddy of mine that you know that just happened to notice where Seth posts something. He said, "Man, you're doing a podcast," and I said, "Yes." You know, me and Seth, we do one. Every week about the Cowboys, and he listened, and he said, man, you know, he said, I get to listen to podcasts, you know, kind of all day at work, and he said, man, I'm going to tell some friends, and, and that's what it's going to take to build this thing up, I and mean, we're going to keep putting it out there, and, and we're going to keep trying to reach out to as many people as we can, and hey, man, you know, can can you hit us with a retweet, or, or can you hit us with a like, or, you know, can you share, you know, Seth shares to multiple Facebook pages, and but man, if, it, if you can tell one friend that that's big every single week and 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 that's the best thing that we can ask from you guys and we would we would appreciate that man greatly yeah anybody i mean just like he said one person can make a big difference and i also he's you know he's already thanked y'all but i want to thank y'all as well for uh listening to us week in and week out you know, we've been trying to cut these uh, episodes down, and I know hour, hour and a half episodes, you know, that's a lot to ask for, for, you know, especially if, you know, you got a job that doesn't allow it. So, uh, but we really enjoy doing it, and if y'all haven't noticed, we kind of feed off each other pretty well. So, end up, we end up doing shows longer than we anticipate. So, uh, but... Like he said, I want to thank y'all for just sticking with us and uh, showing us the support and everything. And and I'm gonna tell you what. Hopefully this week, nice clean injury week, and 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 we can put it, we can just talk about the game, and we can just you know we can just put out some good and and heck you know maybe we can put out just some good clean man. Hey, we played a really clean football game this week. There's just that would be you, nice. You know, we can really we can really break down certain aspects of the game because we don't have to keep talking about that extra stuff that really shoots us in the foot, but. Um, Seth, why don't you give us your social media account as we wrap this bad boy up? It's at SethRob85. I'm at A underscore Bo615. Seth's still got the Facebook page rocking. He did all, all of every, every piece of news that we find out and, and what, what really fuels this show, Seth puts out there for you guys. I mean, it's, it, and we've started getting some comments back and, and a little discussion moving forward, and that's that's big to grow in this thing. It's, it's big to grow in a, a, any small podcast or any any – group pages is just discussion back and forth and, and we want to thank you guys for reaching out and asking questions and and you know giving us some back and forth and um you know, like i said seth's got the facebook page it's uh the back row cowboy show and we also have the twitter page it's at back row cowboys and um thank you guys for listening to this episode i know it's a longer one but um you know we we want to bring you our thoughts our analysis and, and we want to bring you as much information that has sources behind it as we can. You know, we really want you to have the in-depth details on 
why the season's going right, why it's going wrong, and, and, and what's going on. But we want to thank you guys for the support one last time, and have a good night. See you next week.